Well, hey, everybody. This is Rainseeker here with Tarn Adams, our illustrious leader. Um, I am also known as Nathan Miller, but that is neither here nor there, nor in Neverland. That's where the secret's out. Yeah, exactly. I I just (laughs) let it slip. Um, Captain Tastic is not with us currently. He may show up later. Um, We don't know. But we wanted to have a discussion right now. That's right. We're doing our stuff, man. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of a uh, kind of a, 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 a scattershot release to start because we were kind of um, trying to find our footing with what we wanted to do with the with the world activation and the hero role because we've we've decided to use the adventurer hero role to. You basically give us a way to tour the world activation, so watch the armies running around and see see what they're doing and give you a way to play with it immediately before we get the whole hill dwarves and, and dwarven armies up, which will let you run around outside too. So it's it's a kind of a straightforward way to, to let us explore. So we've got uh, got our, our goblins running around and our bandits running around and our, our, uh, our, our tracking and some changes to combat, non-lethal combat, um, and Which I now, find really yeah. exciting because then you could just pick on people <laughs> without like permanent, you know, repercussions. Hopefully, or the whole community just runs at you like zombies. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a much more reasonable town to punch a horse in. Um, punch a horse in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because when you punch a horse uh, in the in the currently released version, the uh, all the livestock will descend on you and tear you to pieces before the first person even gets there. <laughs> it's 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 the very no, very crazy. Chickens. Yeah, yeah, you know, it becomes a horror movie immediately the second you mess around <laughs> with the animals, which which might be a, an environmental message, but it's not the, really the one we wanted to send in the game. Um, so it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah, so there'll be more reasonableness all around. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun, and and we've just uh, we've just started up on our uh, our. Uh, our, our our racial sites or whatever you want to call them the goblins and and kobolds and elves and dwarves themselves getting getting their uh, their sites uh, and so that that I mean that's there's there's obviously going to be a lot of cool stuff there for for adventure mode and also in dwarf mode aside from the main I mean the main thing that dwarf mode gets this time around is is sort of this world continuation stuff with the uh, with a with succession happening and your 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 civilization not just dying out while you're playing or whatever happens now with your uh, your your guys walking on the screen and dying of old age or I think I may have put in the thing where they just don't show up at all anymore. Uh, but but you'll actually have that. You'll also be getting armies that are real. So all these things that we're talking about with like evil lieutenants and villains and all this stuff in uh, in adventure mode also applies to to dwarf mode in terms of who's actually going to be showing up because you'll get you'll get people showing up. With a story and a reason now, instead of uh, just like the yearly goblin attack or whatever. Um, right. Although you you still won't be able to respond, which is the big thing with the hill dwarves and, and army yeah. stuff. We'll get to later. Now, um, now yeah. will there sometimes be uh, attacks, or I mean, not uh, some fortresses that never experience a, a goblin attack, for instance. If that 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 is going to be something that that's a lot more common now. So if if you want to be a fortress that's a fortress, then you'd have to embark on the frontier. And if you want to be on on a frontier, more of a border with a where, where you you'd be harassed, and it'll tell you about what you're getting into, so you don't have to 
guess. But if you want to be, if you want to like go the other direction and and just kind of place yourself right in the middle of where the dwarves currently are, then you're just not gonna gonna have those kind of problems unless you invite them on yourself by by digging downward or whatever. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so so it'll be possible to to have more of a more more control over your uh, your starting political situation. Um, and and you'll still have people to trade with that you can mess with. So if you really want to invite fighting with the elves or something like that, and you want to continue squashing their caravans under drawbridges or whatever you want to do, then uh, mm-hmm. then that that'll still invite trouble. Although it could be that the uh, the trouble you invite doesn't affect you specifically. If you start a war with the elves, you might not be the closest uh, uh, settlement to the elven border. In which case you'd You'd start a fight with one of your poor other dwarven civilizations, or whatever. You get your the elves to attack one of your other sites. Uh-uh. And, uh, so, so it's 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 going to be. What does that what does that do for your relationship with your home country? Probably uh, nothing at this point. Nothing at this point, but I imagine it's going to cause a little bit of grief later. You might get disowned. Maybe before the elves attack that site, they just sell you out and and uh, and and have a joint elven and dwarven army march on your. Uh, March on your uh, your poor guys. That that would make sense. I mean, it's, it would it might even make sense to have a dwarven liaison show up and demand, you know, yeah, the, 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 leader, the leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you just walks your leader off the edge of the map, and then you hear about how he's been fed to the bears or something. That would be classic. I would love to, that to fertilize the elven forest. <laughs> well, I guess I mean, you could... Consequences like that would be would be really really interesting actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to that stuff. It's it's like it, the the devlogs are all adventure mode and stuff because that's kind of the uh, the camera that we're looking through to add this stuff. But but I think there's going to be a lot of exciting even for this release. There's going to be some exciting uh, diplomacy changes and stuff for dwarf mode. Oh, cool. So so what happens? Um, I mean, does digging down to the center of the earth and releasing these kind of hordes, <laughs> does that affect your civilization at all? I mean, because they... Well, it's going to be kind of interesting to see, right? Because we've got the... People are thinking now a little bit, and they're starting to move around the world a little of their own accord, which they just haven't been allowed to do for, for all the years the game has been out. And now, if I mean the way the the way the digging too deep currently works with like it releasing fifty or a hundred demons into the fortress, I mean, imagine that's just going to be a nightmare for the whole world. Um, so we're we're either going to have to put a little bit of a damper on that, or we're going to have to just let the world have its nightmare because you invited it. Um, yeah. And, does that does that mean the? I mean, because one one demon rules a civilization a lot of times, you know. We're, yeah, and having, and having are that those many the same of them demons? Like, it, when you yeah, like, it's crazy. Of them, that they, yeah, it's crazy. They would it's crazy right go now. Off crazy. And, uh, Take over the and, world. Uh, what will they do currently? Like, as as it stands, as the game stands. As a game stands, I think what they'll do is uh, come out at night and kind of patrol the premises of your fortress. <laughs> I, oh, really? Yeah, it's like we haven't we haven't told the uh, the dragons how to like go from town to town and destroy things, so they won't have that kind of willpower behind them. But they do know how to kind of go around and and uh, and just kind of poke around like the night trolls do. So, like if if. Um... So if you retire your fortress after they escape, that's what that's what they're going to do is patrol 
outside. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. It would just be a very dangerous part of the world to go to. <laughs> um, and no kidding. It, yeah, yeah. And the the whole idea of reclaiming it or something like that would be would be met with the the same fate as as Balin's poor party in the uh, in Moria. You know. Indeed. Dead. Yeah. So <laughs> so that uh, that the. Uh, you could, that could be a uh, some serious questing that you you know if if that ever happened your NPCs would have to kind of talk about that I assume. Yeah, I mean it, we'll have to think of something because because a hundred demons is too many for anybody, especially if the demons are the way they are now. I mean if we if we downgrade them a bit then then it'd be more feasible, or if we make them kill each other until one's left or something. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's well, true. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do something about it though, and then we'll have a. Uh, We'll have a uh, we'll have something land in uh, hopefully the sweet spot of being fun and challenging instead of just being stupid one way or the other. Yeah, uh, but it's, have it them is wander, the... wander off, for instance, and start looking for goblin civilizations to enslave. <laughs> yeah, I guess they can just parcel them up or whatever. If there's a big goblin civilization being run by one demon, then there could be a a kind of balkanization of the area, and uh, they could start grumbling and fighting with each other. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because once they get just a little more of a uh, a little more of a push either in the dragon direction or in the uh, I mean, I'm not even sure what a free roaming demon is supposed to be doing uh, if it's just supposed to run around and take over civilizations or trying to I mean there could be like god, demons lining up to impersonate the gods of the human civilizations like they do or whatever right uh, just 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 queue up it's like you look <laughs> the most like uh, like our god of death or whatever so you get to take over the civilization and the rest of them are, are welcome to try back in a hundred years or whatever <laughs> so I guess yeah, it's gonna get strange once we put all the um, all the world gen stuff in, like the god impersonations and stuff. It's just going to be very strange. Well, of course, uh, what they might do potentially as well, or you could an option is to have them stay at the dwarven site and like establish a larger like apocalyptic kind of staging ground for you know. Yeah, yeah, the hole is still there. The hole is still there. Right. That's uh, it's something that that we're kind of. Um, Having to come to terms with with our current uh, demons and goblins as well as the because uh, the uh, in in World Gen in the currently released version in World Gen the demon quote escapes from the underworld but I mean that that has certain implications right about right, right. About there's, there's a whole and stuff <laughs> yeah so so we're we're messing around with that um, trying to come up with with some different solutions that that kind of meter the flow. Yeah. So have, having the demon in control of a portal, for instance. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of Three Toast stories, the goblins are from the underworld. And um, so that, that I think we're going to relate that uh, relate that to it to make it have more of a, um, more of a goblin-esque feel for the, the current portal that the demon's controlling so it doesn't just pour through with demons because it's got a... Uh, we already have these kind of uh, giant spires down in the underworld that uh, were filled with demons, but perhaps they'll be filled with goblins. Or kind of bastions from the demons, or something like that. Or we're just playing around with different stuff. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean that's true. You could you could have like the old uh, you know uh, impermanent portal that like opens up once you know every hundred years and yeah 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 lets critters through and then closes <laughs> again and you have that problem on the world every hundred years or so. Yeah. I mean, we we need to find a solution that that uh, that 
can recover from uh, the uh, the depredations of the player. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like if you if you manage to kill all of them or something, they need to come back. But of course, it can just wing it and open another one or something if it really needs to. Or you can have the piece that you've fought for and uh, get bored to death and do your uh, get to your mundane quests. Right, you'd be moving pastries around until the next portal opens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for goodness <laughs> sakes, you need to up that skill in delivery. That delivery skill is really important. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the two fundamental skills. There's the slaying skill and the delivery skill. And the uh, and the tip gaining skill, like, you know, you, you, you kinda have to learn how to tip your hat just right and smile at the lady when you deliver your pastry and she gives mm-hmm. you a good tip. You know? That's right. And then you can escort her child somewhere. That's right. You have escort, like, escort Would you skill. like me to deliver your child to school, ma'am? <laughs> and she'll be like, God, what a polite young man. Thank you. Have another copper. That's right, and then then your reputation will increase, and you can go to other parts of the town, and they'll give you other child escort quests, and you'll be you can start a real business. You have an employees delivery and uh, uh, daycare. You can have all of your companions assign your companions to different neighborhoods and stuff. And that's when you take all your children that you take care of and bring them on an adventure to kill crocodiles. That's right, or at least to beat up the competition. Yeah, you beat up the other kids. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, this is really it's not it's not good to have a freeform sandbox game in the end, is it? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, especially with children involved. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we accidentally put them in the game, and now we're in trouble. <laughs> so we really should have gone with the 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 adult stork. So the stork comes carrying a full fully grown adult. Maybe it takes two storks to do that. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they got this big hammock between them, and they drop off the the adult and uh, mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd have to have some kind of cyber chip to educate them or something. <laughs> oh jeez. So, how, yeah, how do you feel about mundane quests? I mean, is that? I, I yeah, I mean that that stuff's all cool. It's just like it's like um, it's about the order of operations, I guess. Uh, I mean, well, and there's the there's the questiness of it is. It's a, it's always such a hard thing with with quests because it's like ideally I'd like to get rid of the idea of having a quest, right. but there, that doesn't mean that you don't do favors for people that aren't specific things, which is exactly like a quest as the concept exists in a computer game. So, right. I guess you could but, call him. Can you do me a favor? And that that makes sense. People would yeah, understand. yeah. I mean, it's 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 just. I guess I guess it's the timelessness of them that's the strangest thing in 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 the computer games, right? It's like that you have uh, you have an infinite amount of time generally to bring this guy's like to go pay off the loan shark or whatever your quest is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and, and so I mean, well, almost almost all the time, it's it's and and time limits are very annoying. Right. When you have a uh, when you have a game that doesn't react to things because then you just get screwed over and have to restart or you uh, right. or you just lose out on something right with right. nothing to replace it but but since we're going for something where you have a continuation of events no matter what then having timers on quests isn't nearly as annoying and so uh, so I guess I guess it would, it would still be like a traditional quest system in the in the in the in, if if someone asks you to do a particular favor then they want it done and they want it done pretty much a particular way whereas with these with these giant wars going on it's 
going to be more up to you to to figure out how to deal with it, and there's not going to be just just kind of one set series of ten things you have to do to go finish it. Um, right, right. Although we do have to throw you some bones at first in terms of uh, uh, things to do, because a, a demon is just too hard to kill. Right. <laughs> so yeah. we've 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 done some we've put in some extra stuff that just let let you uh, let you surmount the demons in various ways. I mean, it's kind of like the whole uh, the whole Sauron thing, right? It's like you can't oh. just kill him. Yeah. You can't just kill him, so you have to go on a quest and so on. And that quest, like, no matter how you get to Mordor, it's like the quest always has to end the same way. You don't have you don't have a infinite branching types of choices, but but you have a lot of leeway, and that's what we're hoping to to accomplish eventually. It'll seem a little stilted at first, probably, and we're not. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just for those demon examples because the demon is a little too powerful. But if you're if you've got goblins leading a civilization, for example, there's no quest like that where you kind of depower the demon or do whatever to the demon to to make it um, winnable, and then you just have to just have to deal. Um, and if you want to go kill the guy, you're going to have to go and go and figure it out. And there's no armies, like giant armies that you're leading right now or anything like that, so it's pretty much all kind of assassination and and um, flummoxing invasion plans by, by, by assassinating people. We're probably going to have you just leading some people out of harm's way, too, um, especially your hometown that you start in. If your hometown is is in trouble, because it tries to put you in trouble spots now if you want. If you select a civilization that's in trouble, it'll put you in the worst spot to begin with or whatever. Uh, and so you might you might, uh, you might might be able to just save some people at first instead of just trying to fight. Uh, we'll have to see uh, see how it plays out exactly, but that, that's that's what we're shooting for right now. Right. But eventually, eventually, I mean, it just gets weird that the, uh, the way that these... Uh, there's so many people in the world, and there are actual armies and things that, for for one person to make a difference, it's got to be uh, uh, something has to give somewhere. And it's right. either that you're you're going to be leading large numbers of people, or you're super super cool, or you're sneaking around a lot, <laughs> right? Or or you're trying to gather powerful allies or something like if you want to, yeah, or gather magic kind of powers or something like that yeah 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 it's got a, there's there's something there's something there that isn't isn't just you being a foot soldier or something or yeah. a, or a, or a dead civilian <laughs> well <laughs> so. yeah I, I think part of that would that would help would be um, the kind of establishment of schools or dojos you know where you can go and learn um, to become kind of this, this, this bad a fighter you know and uh, I, I part part of the problem right now for me was like, I can't just start as a peasant and, and hope to even get anywhere because you have to like a lot of the forums are talking about going to grab, you wrestle a badger or a mole or, yeah, yeah, you and then you, there. and you release it and then you grab it again then you let it go again and it increases your skill slowly. Yeah. It's like the thing used to, people used to do with the, uh, when we had the undead pyramids, they would go and, and uh, break a zombie's limbs and then just sit there wrestling with its dead body or this animated <laughs> dead body, and uh, yeah, just 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 a little freaky. So, and that, but the the flip side of that is that if you if you've got like these these school things and you're supposed to have this kind of arc of progression where you're improving and so on, the world now is a little faster paced than to give you 20 years to learn how to be a um, a master of this or that. Which means you've either got to come into the story with that, um, which is kind of the demigod choice, right? Where you're just like, I want to get started. 
Right. And I'm going to go cause some trouble, and I want to be the type of person that can just face down a goblin army or whatever. Uh, then, then that's then that's the choice the choice for you. Whereas if you if you make the hero selection, you're probably like I want to go and, and do the the Sauron style thing or whatever, where I have to overcome some obstacles, but I'm not going to just be fighting 50 guys at once. Or you've got the uh, the peasant option where you don't want to be that person necessarily. Right. Uh, and or I, if, you, I, if you yeah go ahead. Yeah, you start. I mean, the, the way you have it now, I like. I think it would be it would be interesting long term to eventually have some story options where you're kind of telling your own story. Like, yeah, my character trained for 20 years at the dojo, and then, you know, trained under, you know, be, to become a necromancer hunter or something like that. You know, just to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the the, the long term goal is to scrap all that all that stuff and do do something a little more in depth with the background. I think we've talked about this before right. on, before in, in depth and. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna. It's like we're just starting with that stuff now. Where now we've got a starting situation in your village, so it doesn't just pop up that that window anymore. Where it's like, it's time for adventure. You got your stuff together now. Let's go. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so it's it's uh, now uh, go kill go kill local wildlife until you get more power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like as because you yeah you just wander around asking people. It's like I really want to kill something. How can I help? And they're like, well, there's this guy, this guy, and this guy, and this monster, and this monster, and this monster, and this wild animal, and this wild animal. It's like, go knock yourself out. Uh, so we're trying to change. We're trying to change and not be not be that way anymore. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's funny that I mean, in a way, it's funny because every game does that. Every game does that. But yeah, I, I like that you're you're breaking out of that mold. That's good. Yeah, it just takes a lot of a lot of um, extra world stuff to do that, and we're finally getting that. And I mean, that's why that's why I think we we just kind of naturally settled into doing the racial sites next because it's like what eighty percent of the sites in the world didn't have maps. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a pretty extreme uh, hole that we've just been living with for a while. So now it's going to be filled in, um, and uh, we'll have our, our our interesting little goblin gigantic uh, pits and and cave systems and evil towers and places with prisons and all kinds of things for you to. Uh, wander around in and hopefully not get too uh, too overwhelmed by uh, by goblins and so on. So it sh- they should be fun to run around in. And um, yeah. And we've got our elf sites, so we'll be able to see our gigantic trees finally. Just gonna Yay. go, gonna go for it, go for it all the way. Gigantic trees with uh, what, and, rope bridges or something between them. Oh yeah, whatever they do, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be something like that. We're just gonna we're just gonna wing it. Uh, they're, they'll either be grown together or they'll be uh, bridged together. Uh, I mean, it depends on how much magic. It's like the, our elves have kind of varied in their their magic abilities through our through our different tellings of them. I mean, some of them can shape the wood, and sometimes they've uh, they've built things. So yeah. uh, I'm really not sure how, how that's going to play it out. It's going to be one of those things where it's just decided at the last second to just run with something. And you can't and, you can't do multiple different choices, or randomize that that choice. It can be. I mean, right now the elves are one of our stock creatures, so right. it's like the the choice is 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 made for them, depending on what this whole force forest spirit thing even means, right? It's like uh, it's like there can be magical elves and non magical elves through that. Uh, right now they're all given a forest spirit that they worship that does nothing, so. <laughs> It's like it can either do something, and that's how they act through the trees, or it's some innate thing they have. I mean, well, we'd like we'd like to err on the side of having a bunch of choices, but the the more choices you have, the longer it takes to finish stuff too. So yes, of course. I, 
so we'll we'll see um, we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, our our baseline is to have gigantic trees, uh, many many tiles. I don't know if we're how how tall we're going to go because we don't we don't have a um, we don't have dimensions of tiles. But most recently, I've just been running with six feet by six feet by ten feet or two meters by two meters by three meters or something. It's like uh, it changes, but yeah. roughly roughly like that, like a. Uh, it's like a person wide and more than a person tall or something. Right. And and it's so that would mean that a tree I mean, I don't know how tall your average tree is. I'm not I'm not a much of a a knowledge of trees person if a tree's you know, the the, the biggest trees are those those like the redwoods. Redwood trees that they name after Civil War generals or whatever. It's like <laughs> the Grant tree and the Sherman tree or whatever they call them. Uh, yeah, one of the trees is General Grant in the Sequoia Park, and it's uh, Wikipedia tells me that it's um, 267 feet tall. There you go. Uh, and uh, how many feet across? 28 feet across. So like four tiles across and like 20 or 30 tiles high. Yeah, and and so it's like if I can do 20 or 30 tiles high. Um, I can allow for extra space in the biggest forest. So these are like the really giant trees. Uh, then um, uh, that'll work. Uh, right now, I think the default in the world gen settings is to have 15 tiles. Um, and 15 tiles would be enough, uh, I think, uh, to go up. But we can we can do more. I mean, there's a... Um, there's a, a processor thing, just a, a minor. I, I think it's not that big a deal, but I think some people set their their levels above ground lower. And in that case, uh, you just have some very funny looking squat <laughs> trees. It's like there's the trunk, and then above that's the giant elf city or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like these little squat trees. But I mean, we'd really like to have tall trees. So so you, you'd uh, climb up into it, them, yeah. Yeah, and there can be a cool uh, kind of branching algorithm where it makes the branches come out and spread, and then you know every every season or every year or whatever it can go and make a branch grow out. And the only thing that I have trouble with in in kind of real time in dwarf mode is making the trunks bigger. It's like does the trunk suddenly like bam blow out and, and blast <laughs> blast your fortress to death or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and there's also worrying about underground, like the underground becoming glutted with mushrooms and having it impossible to move around or whatever. But yeah. it's already kind of that way. <laughs> There's the, when the mushrooms grow in your hallways and that kind of stuff. So, um, so I think it won't it won't be that that big a deal. But uh, yeah, so that, that that should just be a lot of fun making uh, making the trees, uh, and it's going to involve some 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 probably minor changes to the dwarven lumber industry. I, I don't yeah. know if I, if I want to jump too far into having like like gigantic logs and stuff that are multiple tiles might be too annoying to do but um what would happen when you cut one down like especially that supporting a elven village yeah (laughs) that is something people are going to try to do oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah yeah they'll go ahead and and, uh hack it so that they can embark on the elven village or whatever and uh yeah i guess it'll be timber time uh because i mean i'm hoping to allow you to I mean, maybe the dwarf, I don't know, you never want dwarves to make decisions, but if the dwarf chooses the direction the tree falls, <laughs> then, uh, then it would just uh, probably just do a one-to-one correspondence thing where it's like if you're two tiles up, then you fall two tiles to the southwest, and then three tiles up, you fall three tiles to the southwest. 
And I don't know if that means you'll get more logs for a tree. I mean, a simple way to do it would just be to, like, lay down logs in the direction the thing fell. Yeah. Uh, kind of pre-cut for you. And uh, and that would mean if there's an elven village on the fourth floor, then it would splash down on four tiles away or whatever. You'd get this uh, these poor elf, elven corpses and items and things. Uh, that would be pretty sad and funny at the same time. Yeah, well, it's always the theme of our game is sad and funny, I think. <laughs> but, uh, so, so it should be, uh, that should be cool. I'm looking forward to those. Is a minecart an effective defensive weapon against mega beasts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, you can, you can fill it with weapons, and then when it strikes the mega beast, the weapons will fly out of it and impale the beast. I think I think people have seen that. I've seen pictures of that, um, and I've tried it myself. You you fill a uh, you can fill a minecart with trap components, and then have a pressure plate that uh, put the minecart on a hill, and then have a pressure plate that releases the minecart to have it roll down. And, and then if it smacks into somebody, they're in trouble. You could also just fill it with heavy stone, and then it would have more momentum. Ah, okay. That strikes so, and it can break bones and shoot shoot things through a mega beast and so on. So does that uh, does that have um, fairly like if it had a book that what, what's our toughest thing right now a bronze colossus yeah yeah you'd have to you probably have to use a, st- a steel mine cart and fill it with uh, fill it with with lead or something and then you'd be able to dent <laughs> make a dent <laughs> <laughs> so they they could potentially like stop it the momentum of it because they're strong enough or would they still get pushed. You know what I'm saying? They, they, yeah, no, it, it takes all their mass into consideration and so on, so I don't think it would do much to them. Uh, now, if you if you filled it with, like, adamantine saw blades or something, <laughs> and, uh, then it would, when it when it stopped, those things would just shoot out and probably cut the bronze colossus to pieces because um, adamantine goes right through the suckers. But nice. you could, you know, you'd have to get the, the largest blade you could get, so probably the giant axe blades. I don't know how many adamantine it takes to make a giant axe blade, but you could... Uh, you could use that and <laughs> shoot it. You can, uh, and you can set up projectile traps that way too. If you put like a stopper on the track, like way before it gets to the monster, then the the uh, the uh, item will fly out of it. And uh, <laughs> so you can set up a a launcher for adamantine axe blades and launch them across the field at people. But would they? Uh, I mean, would they stay on the same uh, z-axis? I guess is. It, it, it's more of a mess now. You'd have to test out your your device a few times because things actually fly in par- parabolas now. Right. So you, yeah, you'd have to test the landing ground because they, they when they hit if you if you set it up so that your mine mine cart hits a wall, the the projectile set to the Z level higher, and then eventually it'll come down. So you you need to set the range. You need to do a few range range tests, and uh, yeah, then you can attain victory. Yeah. Oh, that also reminds me. Um, because of the uh, you said earlier, because we we don't worry about uh, like if you set up your fortress at a calm location in your kingdom, you don't have to worry about goblin invasion so much. Um, does that that does not include mega beasts? I assume. Um, mega beasts. Right now, I haven't done them in adventure mode, and I'm not sure if we're going to get to them this time or not. If if I get to them, then they're going to have the same kind of proximity restrictions where they're uh, where they're attacking places that, like if there's a target before they get to you, then they'll attack that. Nice. So if you if you really surround yourself with uh, with uh, other civilizations and buffers, then you're just going to be 
uh, un, unattacked uh, by by pretty much everybody, unless uh, you get bandits or something. I mean, we might have something like that. Right. If if you've got a bandit camp nearby, because the bandit camps are all over the place. Right. Now, uh, would there is the goal to have news get to you so that you can be aware that this is that might happen to you in the next year or two that there might be a dragon that's been laying waste to the countryside and yeah, might gotta, come back. Yeah, it has to update. It has to update you sometime, somehow, and it's got to it's got to mesh in with what we're hoping to do with your own armies eventually. Which means showing you some kind of world map or of the surroundings or whatever that, that you're going to be able to use to order your armies and so on. So I don't know if it gives you. I mean, we haven't thought about it too much, but if it's going to give you like a snapshot of the world as you currently understand it, and then the next time uh, a merchant comes, you get to update your snapshot or whatever. And then it can it can give you the same paragraph or, or a related paragraph that it gives you at the beginning of adventure mode, so that it would tell you about you know what's going on a little bit. Yep, um, like like uh, Apple Knuckles, the dragon who's been laying waste to the countryside. Because actually, that would be fairly interesting if if your mega beast didn't stick around and just lay waste, but you know maybe like decided to wander off if the site was not interesting enough, or and then yeah know, if, yeah if, if there's not hurt. a there's not a big pile of treasure to lay on. I don't know why they'd bother staying. Right. So they can just torch some of your cows and then leave. Maybe yeah. snatch a snatch a cow and leave with it. Yeah, so yeah. It's always the cows catching the trouble. <laughs> or your, you know, your domesticated elephants. One or the other. That's true. You got big, big, big animals in the in the game. There's, there's gigantic animals. So, so yeah, I think, I think. Um, it would be fun to to get your merchant caravan and then because uh, you get a caravan, different caravans every season sometimes from the different civilizations, so they could uh, they could share with you different parts of your map. When the humans come, you get to see how the dragon has been destroying their their civilization. Then when the elves come, you can see the different elven forests that have been burned by the goblins, and then the dwarves can come and tell you about the latest mining accidents that have unleashed demons in the various mountain homes and you can just yeah. wait wait for the first one to reach you <laughs> uh, that would be pretty great too if, if, if you they literally had a little conversation with them and they, they told you what was significantly new as opposed to just like seeing a little bit of an icon change or something yeah yeah no i like the i like the opening paragraphs no i think uh, it should end up being pretty cool that's awesome yeah, it's like we're slowly getting there. I mean, our our focus for this release is to finally get to some of the places that we said we were going to go for years. So it'll be a while yet, but we'll we'll get through them. I found that the uh, the human town code has been very handy for the uh, for doing things like goblins because I mean, if you want a giant evil tower with a interconnected tunnel system beneath it then that's actually quite similar to a human castle with the dungeon beneath it connecting, connecting to the sewers and catacombs. So all of the code moves over pretty much. You just, you just want to then take the dungeon map maker and sort of goblinify it so that the, 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 <laughs> fla- the flavor is completely different. Right, right. Because we're thinking about having kind of giant, giant pits with, um, with rooms connected to them, but the, the pit has kind of like a ramp going down, but it also just has a actual pit that goes down and connects into the first underground layer, and then they just drop all their sludge down into the... Uh, it's like their garbage disposal. So or perhaps a pit the, with spikes sticking out of it or something. Yeah, if, you've got, if, you've got, if you've got spikes... 
to hurl people into. Maybe that could be where they harvest their maggots. They, <laughs> they, they draw the bodies into the spike pit, and they throw the rest of their waste and debris down into the, the underground. Because if the we were figuring if the pits didn't have an opening down into the underground layer, they'd just fill up with sludge in no time, and the goblins would have to go find a new home. Right. But um, but if they go into like the underground river, then they just kind of contaminate the world or whatever. And, yeah, uh, I mean, you need to get your purring maggots somehow. You need to milk those bad boys. Yeah, that's a, the the purring maggot is is one of the great mysteries of the game because a maggot is a larval form, right? Right. So it's like, what is the adult form of the purring maggot? Is is a question we've been holding out on for many years now. Well, well you know, my philosophy is that it is the adult form, the, the maggot. It's just, <laughs> it's just it, they, there's nothing else to compare it to, so you just call it a maggot. I mean, right. it, it it probably starts as something else. You know, probably starts yeah, as yeah. a little fluffy bunny rabbit or something. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, it could start as a fly and then turn into its adult maggot form. That's right. That's very That's right. Yeah. Who who says we have to go with the natural order of things? That's right. Well, it's certainly very unnatural. It's a purring maggot. It's, it's it's just born trouble. But it's sweet, you know. It purrs. It is sweet. It's, it's a friend. It's a friend to the world. I'm not sure they get. They, I guess you can trade them outside the fortress. There's a market for it. <laughs> they probably don't like sunlight, though. Well, let's see. A purring maggot. They probably they probably burn. Yeah, you late. could you could slather it with sunscreen, I guess, so you can have yeah. a purring maggot outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could live inside your beard if you if your if your beard is big enough, of course. Yeah, you've got to have. Uh, got all right, to what's that? Is that a purring maggot under your beard, or are you just happy to see me? Oh yeah. dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows what they eat? Um, they probably eat dandelions and weeds and stuff like that. That's right. You can use it to trim your. It's like one of those um, one of those uh, little robots that you you use to vacuum your floor, except yeah. it it's like a lawnmower. Yeah, exactly. It's a Roomba. It, it, you can you, you can replace goats for purring maggots if you want. <laughs> my my aunt has two goats now. I thought you were, you were going to say your aunt has two purring maggots. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. But she has goats. <laughs> she, she has two goats. Which you milk? She she did. She, it was the opposite. She was feeding the milk out of a bottle. Uh, oh. I got to bottle feed a goat, and then the goats grew up, and I haven't seen them since they uh, since they grew up. She also got a new puppy. There's a little puppy running around. Causing trouble. I learned how to shake. Shake hands. Does the uh do the goats in Dwarf Fortress butt heads? I don't think they do anything. I think they've been they were they've been <laughs> left out so far of the cuz the cats do all kinds of crazy stuff now. Yeah. Cuz the cats are are licking themselves, licking each other and they do the head bump. They head bump everything. <laughs> and uh uh, so you're walking through town, you just get spammed with kitty head head bumping messages. <laughs> and if you try to kill one, you were instantly yeah. slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, get yeah, away from it. me, cats! And they suddenly turn evil. Yeah, it's too bad we're going to be uh, removing that kind of true justice from the game. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just going to turn all reasonable and stuff, where the <laughs> well, will, will be terrified and run away from you and not be able to like call their human masters with the with the. <laughs> Mind Psychic control link. beam or whatever he has. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Psychic link. I'm under attack. Master, save me. <laughs> that uh, I, I read a number of funny stories about adventuring underneath the uh, underneath the uh, sewers, and that there was a cat in its way. Finally, it attacked the cat, and it, it the all hell broke loose when that happened. <laughs> it was killed by a thousand cuts. Apparently, <laughs> there's a group of cats down there. 
It's a dangerous life. I, w- I wouldn't mess with a sewer cat. Yeah. It's more yeah. dangerous than an alley cat. you got a sewer cat eating on the sewer rats that are like a foot long or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Creatures you don't want to bother there. It uh, does provide some interesting questions. <laughs> I think we've I think we've actually touched upon on upon most of the uh most of the additions for this time. I mean there's just been some stuff that we we did with like the um the reaction moments where you can like catch people's arm when they're trying to punch you and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, cuz the whole the whole combat thing's different now. There's kind of like the pre-attack period, the actual attack and then the post-attack period. So everything's way messier than just being a turn-based system now. It's uh it's got it takes more... a long time to follow through with a one Full combat, kind of. From well, the I mean the the uh, I, well, it's the attacks, the attacks that are. I mean, it's each individual individual punch kind of has the wind up, the hit, and then the uh, recovery. Ah, uh, yes. And and so when you attack, you're not guaranteed to hit first anymore, depending on what happens. But it gives you some chances to react to what the enemy is doing, and so on. So hopefully, it'll feel. Um, just more alive than than trading shots. Is it going to be uh, more difficult now when you're surrounded by multiple opponents? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a there's a there's a lot of a lot of trouble there. Although in a sense, there's there's the chance that you can recover from someone who attacks you from behind. Like if you, if if it, give, it might give you a chance to roll out of the way and so on. Where I mean, it would be automatic before. Now you get you get you get to make choices. As basically, it's it's about the same difficulty actually. I think, but you just get to make more choices. Oh, that's cool. And <clears throat> although it's like you you can kind of you have more of an advantage direction wise now that they have like the whole there's the whole sneaking thing right with the uh, with the sort of Metal Gear type arcs or whatever the. Uh, Mm, yeah, yeah, and that that kind of thing. So, so they have a clear notion of being attacked from behind now, which was really fuzzy before. Where you could hit someone from behind if they had been attacking the other direction before, like if they mm. were attacking one of your buddies and you attack them, it would just it would just say you hit him from behind and give you a big bonus. But but now the 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 whole idea of front and back is 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 more easy to see, especially when you're sneaking around. So you can definitely just come up behind and sort of shift people or whatever if you want. So for those that don't haven't seen the uh, preview, uh, basically there's a view of every enemy's uh, visibility or how they can see. Correct? Yeah, yeah. That's got it's got their direct vision and their peripheral vision and in different colors. And then uh, it also shows little exclamation points. Outside of your view, from where you you're, the the general location from when you're hearing sounds. So mm. if, you, if someone's walking, you'll be you you'll be able to to tell that there's something there mm. and avoid it before you get caught. Uh, because if you, if you're sneaking around and there's a lot of um, a lot of buildings and things, you can just get spotted if you're if you're not uh, watching out for the footsteps and things. Right. Uh, and we may we may delve into climbing because of the trees. And if we delve into climbing, then then you'll be able to uh, to kind of rise above a lot of the uh, the arcs in some places, at least. Or hide hide in a tree, for instance. Yeah, hide in trees, hide in rooftops. The trees will just be a lot more interesting now. It'd be cool to bushes, climb. perhaps. Uh, bushes right now are are still bushes, uh, but but hiding in bushes is is certainly a reasonable way of life. Um, hiding behind boulders when you get in one of those boulder squares or whatever. Sure. Uh, 
there should be there should be plenty of ways to hide because it's so hard to hide now. It's not the stealth is not like before where you could just kind of sneak up to someone and they don't see you until you're right next to them or whatever. Uh, it's like, it's like now if you're if you're in the direct vision arc, you're in a bad position no matter how good your skill is because there you are. Yeah. <laughs> Like you don't get to be invisible anymore with your super invisible special invisible abilities. So your 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 kind of stealth ability right now, the way it is in the new version, is um, that it uh, is about listening, perhaps or moving silently. More yes, than... there's there's listening, moving silently, um, and there's having uh, a there's being able to move faster silently. So if you're you you'd be able to if you're really good at it, you can set it up on, like, the run setting, because now you can set your speed anywhere from creeping up to a sprint. Mm. And so if you're very good at sneaking, you'd be able to move silently faster so that you can get through the uh, obstacles you're trying to get through uh, faster than the guards. Because if you're not moving faster than the guards, you're in a lot of trouble because they're, they're just going to come upon you. Right. Um, so you, you need to be able to move fast and silently. And the other benefit is when you get caught in the peripheral vision, which is a, a pretty large uh, slice of the vision arc, if you're sneaking, it's it's kind of presuming that you're crouching and so on to uh, reduce your, your profile. And also, you're not moving as much so that you're not noticeable. Um, so it, it gives you a big bonus for avoiding detection when you're in the peripheral vision arc. So, right. But if you fall into the, the red part, the direct vision arc, then... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, Even if you have full, like, you're that Grandmaster spell. Yeah, it's like the Grandmaster is still sitting in the middle of a, a gravel <laughs> field, and it's like all the black clothing in the world is not going to help you. Uh, I mean, there might be cases where the dude's half drunk or something, and you don't move, and that helps. It's like they're maybe, maybe we'll add, like, a very small bonus it's like versus the inebriated or whatever, but it's 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 supposed to count for something. I mean, it adds it adds a bit of sort of player skill into the game right. that that's I think legitimate. I mean, people people can be concerned about like you know I'm role playing and I don't want to have to be good at something or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think that I mean you still have to make the sweeping decisions that determine how your character's life turns out. Right. And and so there's it's like I don't think yeah. yeah. I don't. Th I mean, the idea is the stealth game shouldn't be hard if you're good. If your if your character is good at it, but it's it's still possible to fail, right? Um, through well, through. especially if like pe five people are looking at, and you're walking through the middle of the town square, you know. So yeah, you're there. It's it's like there's there's. Uh, I mean, until we get to more magic stuff. I mean, if we if we add more magic stuff, then you could you could not be there. <laughs> it's like right. you could be visible or whatever, and that would be. I mean, that would be. Where's that shadow coming from? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it's, exactly. it's gonna it's gonna be it's 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 getting there. I mean, it's not it's not super duper fun yet. We're still we're still working working through it. But I think with the goblin sites, we're gonna iron out some more of those things because that's that's gonna be one of those places where you're sneaking, and if you screw up your sneaking, you're suddenly gonna have a very very large problem. Yeah. Because, uh, because now that we've got it's like the human capitals have ten thousand people in them. And they're spread out through an entire world map square, which is uh, seven, like seven sixty-eight by seven sixty-eight, and it's actually a little bigger than that because the, the the human towns get bigger than one map square, so it's it's more like eight hundred by eight hundred. And so, if you go to a goblin site, then 
it's, they can be the same size and also the same number of people. So you've got these sort of giant cave networks and towers and things, and they're just loaded with goblins wandering all over the place. But most of the goblins are just going to be hanging out in living spaces and, and arguing with each other and so on. And there will only be a certain number of goblins walking the hallways. And, I mean, we're going to let the, the fun of the game dictate, dictate that as much as anything. Uh, yeah, will all the goblins suddenly descend upon you, or will it be just like some there? Yeah, the I think I, yeah, I think I think the thing is is that a lot of the goblins just aren't going to give a crap. I mean, if they hear a scream, that's probably commonplace. Yeah. Uh, it's like they're just not going to care sometimes. But if, you, if you're if you too brazen about it, there, there are too many screams, or you make yourself visible to too many people, then you'll have to deal with it. And, I mean, we were thinking of, of kind of running it with, with different different groups of goblins, because the goblins don't get along. They're not supposed to get along with each other. It's supposed to be the uh, the power of the, the demon that keeps them uh, under control and able to take over uh, a bunch of civilizations instead of uh, just descending into... To, to violence among the goblins themselves. So there's going to be different groups of goblins that don't care about the other groups of goblins. And I think the only thing keeping it together is going to be kind of the demons sort of secret police uh, set up with uh, goblins and, and worse, like, um, like uh, undead things and other kind of horrible night creatures yeah. and stuff. Oh, you, no fighting, okay? Thank you. <laughs> I'll suck your blood if you don't stop fighting. That's right. That's right, and, and those humans that they're kidnapping, that they grow up and so on, uh, can can bring some order to the situation. But it, yeah. okay, if, guys, let's talk about our feelings now. Let's our voices, just use feeling right. words. That's right. That's why we bring the elves in there. And if they don't, they don't like them. They they keep keep mouthing off. Then they'll eat them. Exactly. But uh, it's 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 uh, the idea would be then that. Those guys would be people you absolutely don't want to be spotted by, uh, because they could actually marshal a organized resistance. And so, if you if you can sneak up behind the human and shank him a few times before he uh, before he can alert anybody, then you'll just have a bunch of goblins wandering around, and then it won't be a big deal. Or perhaps making friends with him. Yeah, aren't aren't you nice? Right? Maybe he'll want to overthrow the demon with you. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, oh, hey, hey. Do you want to do you want to like lead the goblins? Hey. <laughs> we can do this together. Yeah, or perhaps he'll uh, he'll just sell you out when you get to the throne room. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but that that would be an interesting thing if you could try well, to see. It is going to be something that we uh that we mess with sometime, maybe not this time, but just the the fact that the goblins might not actually attack you. Yeah. Uh, with kind of sort of this racial enmity or whatever, right? It's like it's like uh uh, because I mean, we've had we had some of our silly power goals and stuff where you actually like brought them a child from the village or whatever. It's like you're, right. you're like you're like being a freelance snatcher or whatever. Yeah. Um. And and in that case, I mean, you should be able to 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 bargain with them. And I mean, as long as they don't, as long as they see the uh, the benefit in keeping you alive rather than killing you, then uh, you know. Yeah. Or or are scared of you because you look like a powerful warrior. Yeah, you are quite scary sometimes in this game, wandering around with your adamantine plate mail that you stole from your door fortress and so on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it should be. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Does the uh, If you are sneaking around everywhere, does that build up your skill? And does that look suspicious to human towns if you're sneaking everywhere? That, that was something we've promised for this release is that you're you're not supposed to do that. I mean, we we have it. You you keep your weapon away, and yeah, you shouldn't skulk around like a uh, 
like some kind of shifty character. <laughs> well, what Although, are people, how are people going to react if you do? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. We haven't really decided if they should just be like, "What is that dumbass over there doing?" Because there's the problem <laughs> is there's no guards right now. It's like we got to bring the guards back sometime. Because then, oh. I mean, then because then you've got real trouble, right? If you're if you're if you're skulking around with your dagger out, then a guard just come over and clock you in the head or something. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> but uh, but but the the other people, I don't know if they would just not talk to you or they'd ask you if the the Renaissance Fair is in town or something or what <laughs> what what on earth you're doing. Um, yeah, who knows. Who knows what they? I mean, I'm not sure what I'd do if I saw someone skulking. I wouldn't necessarily call the cops. I just think they're being a dumbass sometimes. But uh, yeah, yeah, especially since you see them, right? It's like you see right. them and, and they know that you see them, and you're still sneaking. <laughs> They'll just ask you if you have a bad back or something. I know that would be really <laughs> funny if you, like people ask you, "Is your back hurt?" Because <laughs> I use some medicine for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what an odd person. You have people whisper about you as you're walking past them. Um, but, I mean, if if that makes you a better at that, I, I think every player is going to be doing that when they walk through town. Yeah, no, there has to be punishment. There has to be pun- and, and there has to be punishment for sitting there throwing rocks for 90 years or whatever people do to start their game. Um, <laughs> it's like, I guess you just become known for that or something. <laughs> you're the rock thrower. Yeah, and your your heroic reputation would bleed away. They'd kind of forget that night troll that you killed. Uh, maybe they think that it kind of touched your mind. Maybe the night troll hit you in the head or something. Uh, <laughs> no, you you, you came back, and, yeah. It's like you throw rocks and skulk around all the time. It's like <laughs> like you've been touched by darkness or whatever. And there, that there would be really funny if you had someone observe you training. You know, <laughs> just the same thing over and over again. They have have spread rumors about you. Especially if you're wrestling with badgers or whatever, they just <laughs> just be scratching their heads. That's gorgeous wrestler. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe someone would bring you a badger in the cage next time you come to town and just say, you know, here's our gift to you <laughs> for all the all the great things that you've done. If the game kept track of the things you like to do and then responded to that, I would I would die of laughter because <laughs> that's just you, the game's way of winking at you and saying you. You're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how real people behave. (laughs) But I love it. Yeah, well, it's all about role playing. That's uh, what role. What role have you played, and and so on. I mean, I'm going to the library and I'm going to stamp books all day. (laughs) My book stamping skill raised. That's right. Must have some impact on the gameplay, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're uh, if you're into books, you'll have books in the library. We've got books. We've got mostly books about demons writing about their days in the tower or whatever. <laughs> the demons are all very literate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's funny when, the, uh, when, it, when there's a demon impersonating a god and he just hangs out in the, he hangs out in the keep writing books about the underworld and writing about uh, the book about how he fooled the people into thinking he was a god. And, it's, it's, <laughs> and it has his true name there. And it's be like, blah, fools the world or whatever. And, and it's just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're not very bright. <laughs> like they're really testing, testing. It's a test for their subjects or whatever, for their worshippers. Let's uh, see. Let's see if they notice this book. I'll put it right here <laughs> on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, they scatter them around their tower. They're just laying around. It's like all these horrifying revelations. 
I like how there's uh there's a few kind of square rooms with doors, and then there's just lots of little little winding passages. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's supposed to look look like an organic mess, and uh, some of the cells are big, some of them are small. When all the goblins come back, then you'll have more more goblins living in the giant giant rooms, mm-hmm. unless it's an important goblin or a goblin that can carve out that little space for itself. But since goblins die all the time, I guess there's, it's it's going to be like uh, after the big plague, people there'll just be more space for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, sometimes um, when they get overcrowded, I guess there'll just be more murders until everyone has their own little room. It's a nice place to live. But yeah, now I'm getting started on uh, kind of watchtowers and trenches up above. Nice. It'll be a place for you to sort of sneak into um, from up top, and you'll have to occasionally negotiate an obstacle or two and eventually make it down into a tunnel, which will probably go into one of those those living areas. Yeah. And um, then the living areas will connect off. When it has the arrow that goes off to jobs and towers, it'll it'll uh, take you off to... If, if you go down one of those passageways. You can stay on the main road. You can kind of see the larger the larger passageway. So you don't have to walk into a room where 50 goblins are forging swords or something because <laughs> then you'd probably be in trouble and you'd start getting whacked with sword blanks or something that are on fire um, and, and, and so on and be forged yourself. We're gonna, everyone's going to have to get ready for troll sharing pits. Yep. 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 I, mean, I don't know if Goblins have looms. They must just walk around with a. I forgot what it's called when you have the, the little stick that you put the yarn onto. And uh, I used to know the name of what that was. Yeah. You have this little stick and you carry it around and you just kind of move it around and you you start making yarn out of uh, wool. And uh, I imagine there'll have to be some goblins that do that. Unless they have some horrifying contraption. And uh, yeah, then they get to make their their little troll fur clothing, little dainty dainty clothes. Yep. These goblins are quite small. Or I guess they're ten percent less than a person, or something, or a seventh. I think they weigh sixty kilograms on average, and the average human in our game is seventy kilograms, or something. And they make their little teenage size clothes with their little troll fur. Yep. Yep. And then you get to the the prisons with the little childrens in them. I guess there's occasionally a, an adult captive um, that they grabbed and were interrogating for information. So you'll occasionally see one of those. But I've I've seen lots of uh, lots of children in the fortresses that I've I've or the the goblin fortresses that I've I've been in so far. So you actually should be able to. Uh, rescue children uh, for your first games after World Gen, and then we have to start sending out snatchers again. Yep. And making the snatchers that hit your fortress, it's like that. That 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 would probably be fun if you um, if you had your dwarf fortress, and then the goblin snatchers came, took a few few kids, and then you could uh, when you're done with your fortress. You've probably still got several years before the children grow up, so you could start an adventure and rescue the old kids from your fortress. Yeah, before they get 
turn and Stockholm syndromed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start sympathizing with the demons. It's always dangerous to do that because there's not a lot of sympathy there. Are there? Uh, can you get? I, I know that there's traps that you can get stuck in. Um, do those still crash the game? The cage traps. I think cage traps. Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I often am about old old changes like this. But I think the cage traps are just turned off in adventure mode, and mm-hmm. the other traps are turned on. Um, and uh, because it, it yeah, it really doesn't like having your character pulled out of the action still. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know why I haven't gone ahead and just added some stupid thing like pick the lock and then you get out or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm hoping that cage traps get replaced or something because they are one of the cheesiest kind. Yeah, it'd be cool to have like, oh, you got put put in manacles and you're in the prison and they, you know, you wait for everyone to leave and then you like use a rock to break them or something like that. Yeah, it's the inevitable feature of the game that you're going to get captured. You're going to have the daring escapes. Because the, the the current plan was to do that with the uh, the thief role because a thief's whole job is to get thrown in prison or whatever mm-hmm. and get lashed and hammered and all that. So it, it, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. A masochist simulator or whatever. Uh, but the the yeah. So so we haven't haven't thought about tackling that stuff yet. Of course, we're constantly thinking about it now when we've got these heroes sneaking around in places because the only outcome of being caught right now is just, uh, again, the the crazy alarms and people running at you and killing you and so on. And uh, that doesn't necessarily make much sense, especially because they'd want to know why you're there. Yep. And goblins probably have ways of getting that kind of information out of people, um, or at least encouraging them to say random things. There you go. That's right. So, <clears throat> yeah, I guess you'd have that choice, too. Like, people are always psyched about how the elves are portrayed and uh, how it's not like just, oh, it's a generic, you know, elf. <laughs> it's like these guys are crazy and probably going to eat you when you die, which is, yeah. you know, awesome. But I think a lot of things are going to progress in that direction where once you have everything kind of put together, you're going to bake it in the oven and it's going to come out all nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as we were starting to feel the fact that we were missing, like, 80% of our ingredients in the world or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... No goblin sites, no kobold sites, no elf sites, no dwarf sites. <laughs> it's like I like really the, have the elf there. sites because all the trees were named. Yeah, <laughs> I have to make sure I still do that with my big trees. Yeah. Big trees are going to be fun. You can be very big, and you're going to be able to fall a long way if you screw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, have have it make like a, a test against your uh, some of your mental stats to see how uncontrollably you scream. <laughs> like oh you you manage to not scream or you you scream or all that that's stuff. Right. There's a lot of things that could happen. That's right. You'll be like the X Men and you'll just start flying. So, yeah, I'm, so. I'm excited that a lot of the stealth stuff will probably be using some of those mental stats. I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's it's got um. They're all tied into that. It 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 should tell you someplace which which skills use which stats so that you can. Uh, you can make intelligent decisions. Yeah. I, think, like, I don't I mean, know what proprioception is. What the heck? Because <laughs> I think right now the uh, the um, like the musicality is the only one that doesn't come up. Um, 
And uh, in adventure mode, I don't think the linguistic ability is used either because there's not really any uh, any skill type roles in conversations yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that'll change sometime. I don't know when you're going to be able to start walking through the town playing three card Monty with people and stuff. Yeah, that's right, Mister Red Nine. Your money's mine. Nothing but trouble. I mean, it's it's overall it'll be uh, it'll be really cool, and uh, um, but it is it is waiting. It's one of those things where where it's like it doesn't start to work until you have a whole lot of different stuff going on. Yeah, and we keep adding stuff and keep adding stuff, and and you see little parts of the game that start working here and there. Yeah, but I think little I gears think... start touching and moving <laughs> moving together. Yeah, I think it's it's all just gonna get gonna get a lot a lot better, but we were missing these sites, so these sites are gonna be just one of the things that doesn't probably gel a hundred percent at first, uh, and uh, but each of them is gonna be put there with kind of a few things for you to do in mind, and um, and then we'll have them to work with from here on out. It's not like it's not like sites are so much like the the rest of the game where the the frontier as you add stuff the frontier just keeps growing and you never really you can just keep adding stuff and you never feel like you're going back to polish things off or make make more fun stuff work with other stuff that's already done uh-huh. because the world's in a box yeah and the boundaries of the box are set and we're making stuff in the box neater so yeah. So that makes the world better instead of just having the the general expansion and cons like 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 um you know if if we were working on something like like other dimensions to travel to that would be a problem at this point it's early <laughs> i think we need to we need to stay in our box and and get um get all the sites done and when the and and get all the critters moving around there's a lot of critters running around now. And um, we get we get the critters running around. We get the um, give societies the ability to heal themselves, so that we have succession and populations increase, and we have uh, broken sites that have been destroyed or so on uh, get rebuilt, and you can you get sites expanding and so on. Uh, then uh, then you're in a really good position to start actually thinking about individual needs and individual stuff. Um, that 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 will drive all the stories, but um, you need those sites. Yep. Because right now we've got to have interesting places and interesting things to do. Yeah, I mean you can, uh, of course, because the real world is this way. Make uh, make a full game interesting based on human sites, and if the world were filled with human sites and just human sites, that would be true. But the way we're trying to trying to think about like having the bandits move around and have the having the humans think about war and stuff, there was always like this big vacuum where they're like, well, the whole North region has Site X in it, and Site X doesn't have maps or anything, yep. so uh, don't think about that. They're just standing there. So now, now everything's going to be think-aboutable because it's all visitable. And if it's all visitable and think-aboutable, then the whole game can actually work. And it'll be great. It'll be great. There's going to be a... Uh, yeah, yeah, all kinds of, all kinds of cool just stuff going throw on. Throw in some random ancient ruins to explore and... All that sort of thing. Get some Stargate stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, we we're we're not we're not going full on treasure hunter arc yet, but 
there are going to be dwarf fortresses without dwarves in them because it usually ends up that way in world gen that something has gone wrong somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, uh, a lot of my goblin sites seemed pretty empty, and I was wondering where they were, and I was like, oh yeah, I sent them all off, uh, all off to kill people. Uh, so, so the, uh, <laughs> there's an awful lot of uh, void and emptiness in the goblin sites, um, but, but actual actual ruins are a uh, another critter. And also, once we've got these sites, like all the different ways that the races build things, we'll be able to start thinking about things like what does a place look like if it was owned by humans for the first half and then owned by dwarves for the second half and 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 making making uh there could be like the old town part and then extended past that it suddenly dips down into the earth or whatever and there's all these uh, yeah. dwarf uh kind of this this dwarf mining mining uh, operation surrounding a uh an old human city um so, I mean, theoretically, we should be able to do all that stuff. It's all pretty modular, uh, the way things glue together. Um, by necessity, because in adventure mode, when you're walking around, you load sections of the map, right? So everything everything is is uh, subject to this these restrictions of having to live in in a in a certain size space. But that means that if you want to have the uh, the flavor of the map change it's really not so bad mm-hmm. um, although I mean ideally you'd like things to intermesh in a not square way <laughs> but uh, but for a starting point we certainly have an easy problem and then it only becomes harder when you try and make it look really organic yep. but it's good it's it's always possible to move forward with this stuff so we're gonna we're gonna have all kinds of cool things going on oh yeah. Yeah, going down, talking to the kobolds, and trying to steal things from them, and getting giant centipedes thrown at you or something. Yep. Nothing Bugs. but trucks. Bugs. There's and gonna then, be like Zeus stuff. can show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. remember looking through the 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 data for uh, kobold quest, and it's like, yeah, just whatever. Zeus yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the things that the adventurers kill or something? Or is yeah, that one? Well, yeah. They, eventually, you start getting just like ridiculous <laughs> things. I don't even yeah. know if they're if it's possible to trigger them in game, but I just know they're in there somewhere. Yeah, it is pretty ridiculous. You do have to get your levels. Yeah, yeah. You have to because it's all about sacrificing kobolds to people, right? So you you have to, and sacrificing powerful ones. So you you feed the you 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 kill a bunch of new adventurers and then you spot when the veteran has come in and feed him a uh, like a, a war chief or whatever they were called and then then that guy leaves with like way more experience than he normally would and then he gets to have a big adventure and it looks at his total experience level and and um rates as adventure so um and then and once it gets up there then yeah they start doing they start doing crazy stuff and they uh they start getting their their level titles are all weird too yeah uh, so yeah no this, this is an interesting little game we can and um yeah dwarves are going to be hard uh <laughs> it's like making a uh, making a fortress that that people would would accept as a dwarf fortress these days yeah um but you know cuz it'll be hard to do like magma pump stacks and all that kind of thing yeah and I can't have any levers that trigger something more than 20 tiles away. Or uh, you might have one part loaded and one part not loaded. Yep. 
So everything is, will have to be a little more vertical than it would probably be in a player fort when it comes to mechanisms and stuff. Or just not interesting. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, the lever opens the door and the door's right there. <laughs> it's like... Um, but yeah, we're gonna try and do do all the main things. I, well, I mean, the main the main thing I'm not sure about is whether or not there'll be workshops, because it's like the workshop is something for fort mode, and I was hoping not something for adventure mode. Yeah, it's kind of not. It's not really fitting for what it's. It's an abstraction of other yeah. things, I think. Yeah. So I mean, I was hoping to just eventually do the other things. And so I don't know if I want to litter um, litter workshops around. Uh, so that that part might be different, but we'll have to see how it turns out. Because uh, if it's done like the human ones, they'll just scatter a bunch of items around without uh, without having the means of production uh, at this point, which will be a thing I probably do as I let the player do stuff. So right now you just have a little napping factory where you can make sharp stones. <laughs> it's a great excitement. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for chatting with this stuff. We're going to transition to our second half of the show when we're going to have uh, Tarn and his brother, Three Toe, also known as Zach, uh, come <laughs> aboard and uh, talk about um, – what are you guys going to talk about? We're going to do a uh, question-answer session where we answer, answer questions from Dwarf Fortress Talk. Sounds like a good time. It's going to be entertainment, news. nothing but entertainment. So yeah, so stay stay tuned for the the next part of the show. And this is Rainseeker signing out. Um, I will I'm I'm leaving now, but I will look forward to hearing you guys chat. That's right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, welcome to the question and answer portion of Dwarf Fortress Talk. I'm Threeto, and I'm going to be reading your questions. The first question comes from The Game Hunt. He asks, When I entered a house, I saw a lot of peasants, rangers, etc., all of them with knives or forks in their hands. When are we going to get civilians with proper weapons for self-defense when you attack them as an adventurer, like in the Elder Scrolls? When are we going to get those guys to put their weapons like in some sort of pocket that they carry? Like, a, I suppose, like their belt or something. Yeah, so so the 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 second part we can we can answer now is the is the uh we did a little work on on sheathing weapons for for um non-lethal combat. So we've we've got we've got fist fights and things now in the game at least when you get accosted on the street by by uh ne'er-do-wells. And uh so you can put your weapon away. There there's no there are no sheath objects right now, but you can just kind of put it away. Uh, and we'll add the we'll add the methods the actual object that's used to do that later on. But right now you can you can just put anything away and it goes in. You have there's a key you press. You just press press it. It goes away, and you can press the same key and it, and it takes out the items again. And uh, that so that that part's handled uh, for for the purposes of non-lethal combat and so on. So so you can carry around weapons without being actively hostile and just chopping everyone in half. Uh, when you when you have the the first signs of a of a of a of an argument, 
But uh, for for the other part, I, I don't think we're necessarily going to have civilians that all walk around with swords. That's that just doesn't seem accurate to me um, in terms of like like how how uh, how a peasant would have lived. So there's not going to be you know civilians walking around with with like broadswords and, and giant tridents strapped to their backs and stuff that they whip out when you bother them. But they shouldn't be carrying around their boning knives and carving knives and stuff like they do now, or forks or whatever. Uh, they'll they'll they should keep those on the um, the dinner table or whatever most of the time. Uh, but but it's uh, when we get when we get uh, a few guards back in in towns that should have guards, um, or or at least watch people or whatever. Uh, then, then you might have a little more trouble. But we, we just haven't gotten to the crime arc yet. Right, like with the, yeah. the with the uh, thief arc that's coming up after the hero, the hero section. We'll be getting more into the the uh, crime and punishment, and uh, your civilians should be reacting to you more uh, actively than they do now. Yeah, even if it involves running away, which would be a first, uh, <laughs> instead of having like three year olds trying to kill you <laughs> and, and ducks. <laughs> okay, so the second question comes from King Mir, and he asks, you've stated previously how the good and evil regions are ultimately going to be replaced by sphere-aligned regions. Recently, you added a lot to the evil regions. How have, you, how have these changes affected your future plans? Are you going to put as much work into every sphere? Will some spheres be much more distinct than others, or will you just stick with good and evil? Uh, we we did add a lot of of undead and 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 uh, blood rain and and uh, uh, mists and things floating around in the in the evil regions uh, because we were just on our our continuing uh, night creatures uh, <laughs> night creatures drive to get through those um, but it hasn't it hasn't really affected the long term plans we're we're still uh, we. We still plan to diversify what the regions look like. The, the spheres, talking about them specifically, like sphere, sphere regions, is uh, when, when you say, you know, will some be more distinct than others, there are spheres like, I, I'm not sure, like trade or something like that, where it's not, because that's such a, um, that's such a civilized concept, it's not, there are probably going to be some spheres that simply aren't appropriate for, for regions. Where uh, and 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 a sphere is really just an idea or a concept. So if you if you want to make one region more more musical or fiery or or evil or kind of torture based or, or whatever darkness these different concepts that's really what we're getting at. That we wanted to have the a, a strong sense of flavoring to the regions that doesn't that sets the atmosphere but doesn't just go along this linear scale of good or evil. Um, but but just allows things to be more diverse. So so in a sense, those those regions, just adding stuff to the regions, um, kind of moves us along the way there. But we haven't really started that project yet. But it's still something that I, th I think we're planning to do. Yeah, the, a lot of the uh, other plans we had for uh, different portals to different dimensions type things, where the uh, spheres would be a lot more <laughs> more powerful, and um, that might that might come out too. So the next question comes from Nerfer2, and he asks, are vampires and werebeasts going to be more fleshed out? At the moment, vampires do not need to feed, and werebeasts don't need to kill to anything to survive. So, yeah, we, we were working on several night creatures in a row. We had plans to kind of do this random generation to 
make make the um, the vampires sort of semi-random and diverse and we had ideas about things like maybe they'd be killed by sunlight or not and for Werebeast we had things about daily transformations or controlled transformations and uh, because there's there's all these kind of kind of myths from different parts of the world where you'd have like someone turn into a serpent woman every night or something like that right there's these there's there's different um ways that kind of basically get at the same idea of a were beast but it's 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 not it's not just the the lunar the moon cycle type idea and and so on and we just didn't get to all that and we it, it's kind of like the rest of the night creatures it's just when we go on our next our next night creature kick we're just going to do more with it Okay, and then another question. Are werebeasts going to be in more in control of their powers, like being able to manually transform instead of being naked peasants that you can just kill? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mentioned the manual transforming there, that we had some ideas about doing that, but there's, yeah, there's the other issue there of a werebeast in this game currently means someone that, that one out of, or, or will actually be a werebeast say one out of 15 days because there's a couple days where they're transformed and the rest of the time they're just sort of huddling in their cave uh, waiting to die. Uh, so that that goes to questions we or, or, or things we're going to also stuff that kind of got put off which is the idea of integration into society. A lot of the werebeast stories have werebeasts like when they're people. Yeah, so you have to actually go hunting for them in the, in the city instead of having them just ha- hang out where they're easily Hunted down and killed. Yeah, so, like the so, vampires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the vampires are currently uh, are are done a little bit more properly, at least than than the werebeasts were, and that's because we we didn't really handle the idea of what do you do when the werebeast undergoes its transformation when you're talking to him or when he's just in the town and he starts killing people. I mean, that's great in a sense, but the game doesn't really handle that well in the long run. Okay, so another question. Speaking of vampires, so are the vampires going to be semi-randomly generated? Yeah, that that was that was I I think I also addressed that in the first part. That was a plan and we uh we uh we put it off. Okay. So, will there be a cooldown on the revival rate in the evil of the undead things coming back to life in the evil areas? Um he says, "What I had a plan to get rid of corpse, corpses in those areas, but it is impossible because they revive every few seconds." And so yeah, so so that part it's like uh, that that did end up pretty hardcore, uh, <laughs> maybe a little harder core than we intended. <laughs> so we might we might modulate that a bit. I know some people have have fun with it, but I think probably more people don't. So at least it should be um, it should be something that you have. Uh, I don't know if more control over is the right word, but a little more warning or or, or more regions are a little more sensible than others because it is. It's not it's not quite a quite a traditional idea that the undead are utterly unstoppable. I mean that's more like someone who's been cursed because they uh, did something wrong. Because <laughs> it just doesn't it just doesn't uh um it just doesn't stop. It's like a revenant is coming for each of your specific dwarves instead of just being in a bad area. Okay. And so this final question is I mean from this final question from Nerver is kind of involved it says will the nature of corpses change? I know you plan to have them as containers, but will it be simpler just to make them dead 
with a dead tag and have all the respective stuff on them when they die. This would allow zombies to have clothing and weapons, allow dwarves to be buried in their, with their belongings, and allow you to look at the wounds of the dead and allow you people to target corpses. I always wanted to collect heads of my enemies, but it's hard to, to uh, unless you get a clean decapitation kill. So, yeah, the the nature of the uh, of how it stores dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Now I, I'm I'm sure I said I'd plan to have them as containers or whatever. That's just shorthand, basically, for the same idea. I think. Because we've already, the corpses have gotten more and more complicated. It tracks where all the exact wounds are and all that stuff. It's already tracked on the corpses. And I'm sure when I get to the items, I'm not just going to use the container code. I'm going to use the inventory code. So the, the, the corpse will have the exact, so you can pry something out of somebody's cold dead hand. Basically, It's all going to, it's going to know where everything is. I don't think you have to worry about that. It's going to be done. Uh, I can almost guarantee that would be done right the first time when I, when I get to that. Um, as for collecting the heads of your enemies, which is a kind of different question, right now I think we just have the general butchery option in adventure mode where you just turn them into a pile of guts or whatever. It's all kind of prepared and chopped liver and everything. But, uh, um, yeah, as for specific decapitations and things, I think in, when we did, when we were thinking about Armok and we had this whole kind of corpse processing section for Armok, we were, we, I, I don't remember if we, we were just about to start that or if we did anything with it, I don't quite recall, but, uh, yeah, you, it was very specific, so I, I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll eventually start to allow you to, uh, especially for things like bounties. That it seems very popular to cut off ears and, and you know bring in the ear or bring in the uh, the tattoo or whatever from the guy's arm and and that kind of thing. So uh, I remember some strange power goals about that. So I, I think we're we're definitely going to have that kind of thing, um, no matter how disgusting it gets. <laughs> okay, so the next question is from Moldy, and he asks, does WorldGen track entity populations in a way that acknowledges creatures have been laid but not hatched. I'm thinking about a clutch of dragon eggs who survived the death of all adult entity members, for example, or something like a, a uh, seven-year cicada man. Okay. <laughs> and uh, should, it, should the entity persist after all of its population is dead except the eggs? That's yeah, I mean. so, yeah, yeah, we definitely don't track that right now. <laughs> um and it and it's interesting because when when we get to things like ant men that would be a really big question but even with the kobolds it's kind of a is it still open question about eggs we were we were leaning toward eggs if i remember but um not 100% sure uh what the what the, what our theories were there so um but i'm not sure we're actually going to get cuz we're we're starting uh, at the time of this recording we'd be start we're working on dwarf dwarf sites right now and uh, kobold sites would be would be after that, and uh, but I still don't know that we'd be coming to terms with the fact that there's like multiple life cycles and an egg stage and all that kind of thing. If if kobolds do have eggs, there will be eggs, but I'm not sure it's really going to track carefully what's going on. I mean, I think it's cool to have like the last members of the society <laughs> living in egg form and. You can you can kind of resurrect the race from the dead after you dig them up 80 years later or whatever, um, but it, yeah, it just doesn't track that stuff right now. Okay, so the next question is from Dribbliss, and he asks, "Are we likely to see the old 80 dwarf reclaim teams again anytime soon? I miss being able to command a huge military of dwarves to reclaim that legendary medal from the invaders, and starting the, starting seven kitted out with bronze weapons just doesn't do it." 
Um, I don't remember why we got rid of that because uh, it was cool. I think it, I think it was just the uh, the issue is more of a kind of technical one and a release time one. This is this is me trying to remember stuff from years ago, but I think it was when the military screen changed and the whole military structure changed, and we started uh, having to track all this extra information about the the military. It became a pain to set up the reclaim squads right it could just be something like that that we because I mean, we're we're not we're i don't think we're against that because the the start scenarios that we're doing for for fort mode uh, are going to have all kinds of, it's not I mean, there, there could still be kind of a core seven dwarves if we want to if we want to stick with that out of a sense of tradition but there's going to be uh, scenarios where you start with a bunch of hill dwarves outside of your 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 civilization and starting with a larger military group, especially to reclaim a really dangerous um, fort, uh, seems seems it, it seems as cool to me as when we had it <laughs> back when we had it before. So. Yeah, especially with all the military dwarf stuff coming up pretty soon, it's going to kind of fit in there to have a larger group. Yeah, so yeah, I I I I'd think we'd see that stuff again. Okay, so the next question from Dribus is, with the new combat mechanics separating attacking from moving, how many presses is going to be required for one attack? Already attacking things is, that are not hostile say not, and stay not hostile, probably due to a bug of unconsciousness, requires shift A, letter for person, alt-Y, letter for body part, letter for swing type. If moving fighting is being taken out with every swing at everything... Will every swing at everything be some intolerable long action reaction chain that just sucks all flow and fun out of it? Uh, no, no, that's that's just not how that's not how it's going to work. When I say that we're separating attacking from moving, that that refers to the speed, the so that something like a cheetah could run fast, but then it doesn't just get to get all ninja on you when it gets to you and hit you twenty-seven times before you get to move. Uh, uh, that 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 for so you still use the same keys though because if if a person is standing next to you and you press toward them the game can still reasonably interpret that as an intention to attack rather than an intention to move uh, especially if you've got an enemy so it's just it works the same way you initiate an attack when you press towards somebody now you and you can still press shift a if you want to get all down and dirty about like now you can be doing even more stuff when you're attacking but still pressing toward them just picks the optimal attack in the exact same way that they pick an optimal attack when they try and attack you where optimal is not not really optimal but just a a um kind of uh, a, a a napkin calculation that the the game does to say like oh should I swing at his head this time or not uh, so, so you don't have to worry about that part getting more cumbersome. There is a little more um, interface because when you get attacked now, you have choices to make. But the whole point of that was to add more flow and fun. So I don't, I don't think we have to worry about the flow and fun um, being uh, decreased by interface trouble uh, this time around. Okay, so the next uh, question comes from Sodrekum. He asks, how is... Distance calculated between diagonal tiles with the tracking of time and DF being somewhat more accurate than in most roguelikes. A reasonable approximation of Euclidean space doesn't seem impossible. Yeah, we do use uh, Route 2 for going diagonal. It has an approximation. Uh, it's the one that's like 363 over 256. I don't remember the exact number. 
uh, something like that that basically comes out to 1.14, whatever the you know I've I've I've, I've gotten rusty in my math, but uh, <laughs> it's something like that, and it uses it so for the 2D calculation that all works. It doesn't go into 3D like if you're moving diagonal in three dimensions, it doesn't try and do any better approximations with different um, different numbers and things. It just uses the 2D diagonal. But, yeah, you really do get different move times and, and uh, it, it, for moving diagonal. So so it's there. Okay, so the next one is from Awning, and he asks, will whatever your dwarves characters are wearing have an influence on the effectiveness of their striking, etc.? For example, a dwarf worth wearing slayed blues Slade boots having a particularly nasty kick. <laughs> I guess if he's strong enough to kick with them, or even walk, he'd <laughs> just be sitting there shuffling on yeah, the Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I mean I, I I don't remember what's in or out. I'm assuming it's out um, by the question because of course it, the armor effect is in where you're protected by them. But um, if it doesn't use the hardness of the gauntlet, it it will at some point. I I don't know when. Um, I've, it's, it's come up before and, uh, you know, we, we thought to do it. People suggested it, um, to, to do things like gauntlets so you can box someone with your gauntlet, kick them with your boots. And then that moves into what about all these things adorned with spikes? <laughs> There's the dwarves have a, a habit of adorning things with menacing spikes. So, and, and then the, uh, there should be a, uh, like when you're punching people, when you're wrestling, all that kind of thing, uh, it should have an effect, and it just hasn't been done yet. But it certainly certainly stands as a whole in the combat system right now. Okay, so the last question is from Gerald, and he asks, I was reading the suggestions thread on interspecies breeding the other day, and I was hoping that you could discuss the notion of extending the breeding system to include such things as hybrids to a greater extent, primarily half-breeds among the sapien beings like elves, humans, dwarves, etc. And if all possible, and all the possible fun that arises from that, aside from stuff like discrimination, ethnic cleansing, and increased interracial tensions, a more diverse and less static set of races populating the world would no doubt contribute to the richness of the game. So, yeah, I mean, we're for it. We have the uh, the Snatcher story, for instance, had a had an elf goblin hybrid, which didn't even have a human component um, to it. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the, I, I've written a few three-toe stories about this. But, uh, so, yeah, we, we definitely want to entertain these possibilities. Yeah, it's just, it's a matter of basically, we would have done it already, it's just a matter of over overcoming some technical challenges. Um, do you just create new RAWs for all of the half forms, and what happens uh, if there's quarter forms and so on, like, like it, or, or uh, if you have one part elf, human, dwarf, and goblin, <laughs> like, uh, does it, does it try and, 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 sort of average the raws or come up with a one-to-one correspondence between the different body parts. It's kind of like the polymorph problem where you, you turn into another humanoid and right now your equipment just drops on the ground. Uh, even though the, the werewolf could theoretically hold things and wear things that, that were stretchy enough or something or, or just stayed on like a little hat. But uh, it, it doesn't know how to do that. It doesn't know how to... Or transfer wounds for that matter. It doesn't know how to transfer them. So... How does it? So once we understand how that works, which is an easier problem than the 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 coming up with a mixture of creatures, 
Um, then there's also the centaur problem of taking pieces of creatures and gluing them onto each other, taking the top half of a person and gluing them onto the uh, most of a horse except for the head. Uh, these are all easier problems than than trying to procedurally just come up with the child of a uh, of two two um, two creatures. But it's still an intriguing problem, so I'm not sure I just jump in and be like, here's the half and uh, two halves breeding can just kind of do a, a uh, Mendelian genetics type thing, and sometimes there's a foal, sometimes it's you know one race or the other, or sometimes it produces another half, uh, like half elf, half goblin, uh, and and you know it could work that way. But I mean, it would be it would be interesting to be able to kind of get something more smeared, but it's difficult. Um, so yeah, I really that's part of the reason why it hasn't happened yet. It's it's a it's an intriguing and difficult problem. Okay, well that's the end of the questions. Um is there anything you wanted to talk about the the what's lately going on in the uh Yeah, so uh the the first part of this recording took place way back in the in the what when when was that September? Um and uh, now we're in the middle of November <laughs> because of my remiss, my remissness, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just getting a lot of yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of uh, we've been busy. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on. We've now we're now into dwarf sites and having fun making little mounds for the uh, for the hill dwarves, um, <laughs> and uh, little gardens and so on. Uh, uh, I so, think you'll be able to reclaim. Your own fortresses, and now the the actual mountain homes themselves that the other dwarves created. So. Yeah, there's going to be just a menu of of interesting options right from the beginning of the world. If the uh, if the dwarves had a hard time of it, uh, <laughs> and their whole civilization was wiped out, and you get to visit all these places as an adventurer too, so you can see. Yeah, yeah. yeah imagine buying buying from a depot and <laughs> going to the depot and seeing a grumpy little dwarf there. Uh, selling the fortress goods just like your uh, your trader does, your broker. Oh, and, and retiring your own sites and visiting your own living sites. Now there's yeah, look forward yeah, to. yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be a whole lot of fun because you'll get to see all your dwarves and talk to your dwarves and um, yeah. yeah, that's it's just gonna be it's, it should be really really cool. Okay, well I think it's time to wrap this up so we can finally send it out so everyone yeah, can hear we can it. Finally edit this. <laughs> all right, well thanks a lot for everybody who contributed and everybody else who's enjoying the game.
like a hamster. A fantastic hamster. So that would fantastic be fantastic hamster. That's right. Maybe it walks on four stilts. That would be a pretty amazing skill for a hamster to have. That, that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, don't I, I don't know what how that would aid battling evil, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure if Captain Tastic battles evil. Maybe he battles something more minor. Captain we already Tastic have battles in ignorance. Is what he battles. That's right. That's right. And he te- the hamster teaches people to read. <laughs> Stumpy, turn the page. <laughs> that's right. The exceptionally literate hamster walks around on stilts, so it can talk to the children. That's right. Children, you must read, or else you too <laughs> will become a hamster with stilts. <laughs> so, so it's more of a, a negative reinforcement lesson for <laughs> it's a, them. It's a fear tactic, yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a kid in middle school who said that uh, his grandpa was the best chess player in the world, and they put him up against a computer, and he was he was playing chess as hard as he could, but there was so much electricity in his brain that it exploded. <laughs>